Ave Maria Purissima, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why does the Divine Liturgy uh, place St. John the Baptist before us all through Advent? Well, in order to answer that question, we need to briefly remind ourselves of two truths about this holy season, in the first place, and second, then consider a few of the parallels between the prophet Elias and St. John the Baptist. First, as we've already seen in Advent, the liturgy keeps two basic truths before our eyes. On the one hand, we're preparing to celebrate the anniversary of the first coming of our Lord some 2,000 years ago on his mission of mercy. And on the other hand, we're also reminded to be prepared for an upcoming event, which is the second coming of our Lord in the clouds of glory when he comes to judge the living and the dead. So those are two basic truths, is the first coming and the second coming that are placed before us during the Advent season. Now second, what are the parallels between the prophet Elias and St. John the Baptist? What, what is that supposed to mean? Well, very briefly with regard to Elias, he's the great prophet of the Old Testament and he's sent to the kingdom of Israel. Remember, it's been split into two kingdoms, Judah and Israel. And he's sent around 900 BC or so during the reign of King Achab and, and Queen Jezebel. And uh, there's plenty that could be said about those, uh, King Achab and Queen Jezebel. One line uh, from the scriptures summarizes it, quote, Achab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, than all the kings of Israel that were before him, close quote. So, a, a terrible ruler. So pagan worship at that time became the religion of the state. The people of Israel fell into apostasy, and in the midst of that apostasy, Elias, the prophet of the true God, arrived from out of the desert. He had a message of righteousness. He was challenging the rulers to their faith. He was challenging the pagan priests to their faith, challenging the people of Israel to their faith. He was challenging them all to make a definitive choice, either serve the true and living God or die. And then, of course, Elias is taken up in the chariot of fire, but he hasn't yet died. In fact, along with Enoch, he's coming back during the reign of the Antichrist to confront the rulers to their faith and preach repentance and, and uh, to the lost children of Israel. He's uh, going to preach to them, and Enoch will preach to the Gentiles. Uh, as the great doctor of the church, St. Robert Bellman, states, quote, it's either heresy or proximate to heresy to deny that Enoch and Elias will personally return. Enoch and Elias are still living. When the Antichrist comes, it will oppose him, preserve the elect and the faith of Christ, and convert the Jews, close quote, St. Robert Bellarmine. And why will Elias be preaching this? To prepare those who will listen for the coming of the Lord. So what does that have to do with St. John the Baptist? St. John is sent before the Lord in the spirit of Elias with a similar mission. The scriptures are clear. In chapter one of the Gospel of St. Luke, we read that Elizabeth, she's the wife of the priest Zachary, she's well beyond the age of childbearing, one day, as Zachary goes into the holy place in the temple to offer the incense, St. Gabriel the archangel appears to him, who told him that Elizabeth would bear its son, and she'd be named John, and I quote, and he shall convert many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias, that he may turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the unbelieving to the wisdom of the just, to prepare for the Lord a perfect people. 
Close quote. So St. John the Baptist comes up out of the desert and in the spirit of Elias confronts the rulers, their faith, preaches a message of repentance and judgment to the wayward children of Israel to prepare those who will listen for the coming of the Lord. Dom Garanger comment, quote, St. John preaches penance and the obligation men are, are under of preparing for the coming of Christ by self-purification. But the men around him are as indifferent as though they neither expected nor wanted a savior, close quote. So he's preaching to men that have the true religion, but they just don't care. He tells them to repent and bear fruits of repentance, and warns them that every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. He warns them that our Lord will separate the wheat from the chaff and burn the chaff with unquenchable fire, and they still don't care. So why have we been hearing about St. John the Baptist during Advent? So on the one hand, it prepares us to receive the graces attached to the great feast of Christmas, the liturgical celebration of the first coming of our Lord. That's on the one hand. And the other hand, to prepare us so we're ready to meet the Lord when he comes again. Think of how much emphasis the church puts on the importance of being prepared. From the last Sunday of the year, all the way to the entire season of Advent, the church places that reality before our eyes. The Lord is coming, so prepare yourself. That's the whole point of this whole season. Cornelius Elapide comments, this was the theme, the sum of this Baptist preaching, repent, because well nigh all were grievous sinners, living in vices and lusts. Therefore repentance was necessary that they might receive the grace and righteousness of Christ. Moreover, repentance is not only amendment of matters in the beginning of a new life, but it's a detestation, a chastisement, and destruction of the old sinful life. So the new life cannot effectually be begun until the old life be cast away. Close quote. So why is St. John the Baptist before us all during Advent? To remind us all that we all need to repent.